Welcome to the Fat Guys with Smokers podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm John. We're a couple of overweight barbecue enthusiasts trying to share our love for sweet and smoky food with the world. Thanks for hanging out with us as we talk about life, share recipes, successes, and failures that have all led to our love of cooking outdoors. Welcome back, everybody. I'm John. Here with the one and only Mr. Mike Bohm. Jazz hands, except for I'm holding my phone. So I take it. Like a tambourine. There you go. <clears throat> How you doing, Mike? Dude, I'm good. I love my life, but it's crazy busy right now. <laughs> the, uh, the phrase, a day late yeah. and a dollar short, has never resonated more with me than this week. So true, man. So true. Yeah, sorry everybody. This was it's kind of my bad that we're coming in a little late. I uh I uh <clears throat> kind of found myself with a son that's now playing competitive basketball that we didn't really plan on, but he loves it, so and then it was my wife's birthday. And Hey, we're not making Mama Bone mad. Yep. Yep. I mean, she would have been She's going to hate She would have been very nice, Bo. but no, I think I like it and I'm going to stick with it. So I will call her that. I'm pretty sure I've called your mom that no. too, so that Yeah, that's true. And I call your mom Mama Hayden, so maybe that's not good. It's all right. Comes with age, Whitney. There you go. We'll not see. a day over 19. I don't have to worry about getting angry texts. We know she doesn't listen. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, babe. Thank you for your support. I know. So, what? I mean, for our fellow fat guys out there mm-hmm. who may or may not forget a birthday, any uh, any birthday tips? What'd you do? Well, share the ideas. I feel like I feel like as men, we have an obligation to share birthday. You know, ideas. it's tough. Like, I feel like a lot of times the expectations are so high that there's no way we can live up to them. But my wife's not like that. She is so good, and she, I mean, she's busy too. I was going to take the day off on her birthday, and sometimes I'll take the day off and we'll go to lunch or whatever. And she picked up a subbing job, so she's like, I'll just work on my birthday. I was like, oh, okay, me too. So we hung out. I mean, she, for like the last two months, all I've heard is, I bought me this for my birthday. I bought me this for my birthday. I bought me this for my birthday. So don't get me anything. Don't get me anything. And I'm like, this is a trap. That feels like a trap. (laughs) I have played this game before now, but she's good. So I, I mean, it was very low key and we, we actually kind of celebrated last weekend. Her sister took the kids. So we went out and made a night of it and it was a good time, but Birthday wise, it's just not as fun when you grow up. I feel like birthdays are so lame. Birthdays are the worst. All they mean is like another doctor's visit, (laughs) being probed uncomfortably, (laughs) and like your your life insurance rates are gonna go up. Yeah, that's that's what being old like birthdays mean to me now. Yeah, dude, full show. So, well, good. Yeah, that's good though. So the moral of the lesson for our listeners is don't fall for the trap. Nope. Make sure you get her something. Indeed. Indeed. And chocolate is never the wrong answer as well. Chocolate is great. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah, so 
dropping a day late, but it is worth the wait. I'm actually pretty excited about tonight. Yeah, this is gonna be a good one. I hope. I hope we do it justice. I hope we but. do too. But um, everybody is listen to us whine and complain and beg for attention on Instagram. Mm-hmm. We got some. Just pay attention to us, and we will pay attention to you. Um, so this one, our shout out today goes to Alex Kramer. Uh, I think it's Alex Kramer eighteen is his uh, his profile. I mean, double, yep, mm-hmm. Alex Kramer eighteen. But Alex reached out to us. He's a fellow fat guy in Ohio. Ohio. Oh, Ohio State. No, say I'm just glad you didn't say Io because then our friendship would have come to an end. Okay. That's what Ohio State Buckeyes do. Oh yeah. It's like a th- not a huge fan. I'm definitely not a big fan. But uh, I work with several people, and true to form, you can be in the airport and see him and yell OH, and they will yell IO. Ugh. I don't know if I like that. That's cringy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyways, Alex is from Ohio. Um, found us through the uh, through the algorithms somehow. Thank you for finding us, Alex. It's kind of a miracle, but I'm glad we got hooked it's up. It's meant to be. Yep. But Alex uh, loves to cook and smoke. He's got a couple of uh, different cookers. He's got two pit bosses a uh, and a vertical pit boss. which A vertical I'm, pit boss pellet smoker. Yeah. There I are a couple of verticals those, but... out there that I'm kind of interested in. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, of course, a Weber kettle and a Blackstone, and he just got an offset. Hey-oh. So, boy is doing well. Yes. I love it. But he was hoping that we would get into the tips and tricks of cooking a perfect pellet grill steak from start to finish. Mm. I like it. So today, in addition to that, we're talking all things steak. All things steak. And we're, uh, well, you could have steaks of any variety. We're going true classic here with beef steaks. Mm-hmm. Do you have a preferred Indeed. cut? I it's hard for me to uh, like anything more than the ribeye. I love ribeye, dude. I uh, I've had and, and I mean, I'll be honest. The decent sirloin is fine. Like I have no hate for any cut of steak. But I used to. I just remember I was on my mission. Some guy from Texas took us out to Texas Roadhouse for dinner. And I was like, oh, I was just going to get a burger. And he was like, no, get a ribeye. I was like, I've never had a ribeye. What's a ribeye? And it changed my life and affected my children. So, And that's uh, that was a Texas Roadhouse. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Texas Roadhouse does a decent steak. They do. And it's I just, mean, it was fine. It's but, just so freaking loud in there. Yeah, it is. But uh, I love a ribeye. Yeah. Ribeye's got to be my favorite. Um I mean, the tomahawk ribeye is like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. So yeah, there's a, and I'm going to blank on the name of it. I'll, uh, I'll see if I can remember, um, or look it up while you're talking next, but there was a spot in Houston that we went to dinner on a business trip and it was like $128 ribeye, like big tomahawk, like shared it on the table and, Mm -hmm. you know, bones like this big, um, beautiful cuts of meat, 
But uh, yeah, I'm a big ribeye fan. Um, I've been starting to get back into fillets though. Mm. See, I haven't had a lot of fillets. There's they're in my mind, they're expensive for a small piece of meat. And so in my mind, I'm like, that's not worth it. But somebody that I was with once said, my buddy Bracken was like, dude, fillet is so rich that you really don't need more than, I don't remember what he got, eight ounce or something. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely a rich flavor. Um, and it's just so freaking tender. Mm. Like it's a, it can be a really tender. If you overcook it, it's like chewing on leather, but, Mm -hmm. um, really lean cut of meat. And those are, that's funny because they're like both completely opposite ends of the spectrum. Like ribeye is one of the fattiest. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the filet that's all the way at the other end of the spectrum. I was just thinking no fat in it for a background. We need like a cow with all the different cuts on it. I know. And where they come from. Because I was just thinking, where does a, where does the uh, filet come from? Uh, from the tenderloin. Oh. Oh. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yep. I've cut that out of a deer before. That makes sense. Okay. No. Delicious. Yep. Hmm. So it's the tenderloin. Let's just cut into a steak. Okay. And the ribeye comes from the ribs. Yep. Right off the ribs. That's fair. Um, I know. I finally got... Finally got around to pulling the wood out so that I could cut the cleat. Hmm. We we're almost to having our backdrop done. Dude, I um, said that I would later. come help you and I have done nothing. So no. keep me posted yep. on what you so, need from me. There's that. And then <clears throat> we've talked a lot about it, but man, picanha. I did picanhas oh, and steaks yeah. the other day mm-hmm. and money. Interesting. So you just. I just didn't mess with the skewer and like curving it into a C and everything. So did you cut them pretty thin? Like how thick are we talking? No, like I cut them into strips just like I would put them onto a skewer. I just did And then just did straight up steak. I took more of the fat off than I normally did. Okay. And cut it like a steak. Hmm. So. How was it? Delicious. Is it, compare it like ribeye-ish or less? Um, It's pretty fatty, isn't it? Like there's a huge fat cap on it at least. Yeah, and I cut the fat cap off. It's... I would say texture-wise, it's more towards like a sirloin than a ribeye. Okay. Um, but it was really rich in the beef flavor, mm. like kind of like a filet. Nice. So. Okay. A little bit of everything in there. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> this microphone's too close <laughs> to my stomach. We're talking too much about steak. My belly's like, dude. You had hamburger gravy for dinner. I just, Knock it off. I just don't think it, it'll come through on the recording. We should have like... <laughs> sounded like a moose call on Meat Eater. Golly. Sorry, everybody. For anyone that missed that, Mike's stomach <laughs> just said, where's the beef? Stop talking about steak. <laughs> Um, one thing I was thinking, and we're going to get in, I think to like the preparation and especially how these high end, um, steakhouses kind of their preparation and stuff. But one thing I was thinking, I remember, uh, I went to somebody's house to eat. I guess I was on my mission too. I did a lot of stuff on my mission, but, uh, I had a, a guy from Texas that was there with us, uh, just another missionary and, and his companion was asking for steak sauce and, 
so the homeowner went to get him one. He's like, dude, you don't ever ask for steak sauce because some of these people have been marinating or dry rubbing or whatever for all day and steak sauce just completely undoes it which i thought was so interesting yeah you might as well ask for ketchup yeah seriously and when i was i mean as a kid we ate charred steak with ketchup that's just what we ate but yeah so anyway um but yeah let's talk about what do you, how, where do you want to start? I mean, we've kind of hit some cuts, but preparation or? Yeah, it, that's the thing. There are so many different places we could go with this. Well, and I, I feel like everybody has their own way that they love, you know? So yeah, well, I'm sure some of the people, and, and hit us up, please, uh, via, you know, Instagram Messenger or on the YouTube comments or whatever, how you do it and, and different things that, that you do. So we can kind of share those maybe next time and kind of get the community going. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So there, and really the trick to a good steak is all about temperature control. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody likes it different. Like I think a steak should be cooked to medium rare, maybe to medium. If someone's like, really grossed out by the pink Mm -hmm. like it's not blood you're fine right relax um but it's like i think the first thing i would say if you want to cook a really good steak is one buy the best steak you can Mm -hmm. quality matters and then make sure you've got a thermometer and i know like i can already somebody's out there like you don't need a thermometer to like, just use your hand, like, pinch your fingers and poke. Like, yeah, yeah you can do that. For sure. But if I'm going to buy a 30 or $40 steak, mm-hmm. I'm going to use my thermometer. I'm not going to trust my finger. Especially if I haven't been cooking steak for 50 years and know exactly what I'm, you know. Yeah. I don't know. So, I think quality matters. Use a <clears throat> thermometer. Um, slow and steady is the is the trick there Mm. um and then man get crazy with the flavors do like try a bunch of different things find out what you like um adam's garlic junkie Mm. is maybe one of the best steak rubs in the history so good dude so good i use it i mix it with butter and make a little compound butter to drizzle Mm -hmm. on after oh my gosh it's good yeah but then you get into okay how are we going to cook it mm-hmm. um and you can you can do steak a lot of ways um you can do it in a pan you mm-hmm. can pan sear it um you can broil it not my favorite way but you yeah. can do it yeah sure if all you um, have is an oven <clears throat> obviously you sure. can you can grill it mm-hmm. um you can cook it on a smoker and we'll talk about this, but I think it's really hard to f- finish a steak well on a pellet smoker. Yeah. Um, I see what you're saying. I so agree. We'll get into that. Um, or one that I don't know we've ever talked about this before on on the podcast, but sous vide. I thought that's what you are going to say. I've heard some amazing things about sous vide. Yeah. So sous vide, sous vide uses an immersion cooker. Um, or a sous vide machine. You can find them on Amazon. 
There's lots of different options, but I mean, this is how a lot of the big restaurants do it too. Mm -hmm. You take your steak and you put it in a vacuum packed bag and then you put it in a bucket of water that's got this cooker in it Mm -hmm. and it, they're very precise on the water temperature. So you can take a steak exactly to 125 degrees, Mm -hmm. leave it in there for four hours. You can take as long as you want to get it up to that temperature Mm -hmm. and then just hold it there. Yeah. And I mean the whole steak, like you don't have to worry about hot sides and stuff because it's fully immersed. The whole steak yep. goes to that temperature. Yep. And the longer it stays there, the long like the more time it has to break down and get tender and soft. Mm-hmm. So it's a great way. And like a lot of the big steakhouses, they've got big sous vides in, in the kitchen. And hmm. hey, we've got a ribeye, medium rare. Like they're not cooking that steak to medium rare watching it. And some of them do, but a lot of them are. Okay, let's go grab one out of pull it right out and the sous vide, hmm. and then they sear them off at a, at incredibly high temperatures. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking at it, um, you know, five star steak restaurants. My favorite restaurant in the entire world is Gibson's in Chicago, um, but other names: Roos Chris, Morton's, um, Spencer's Chop House. You know, some of the really expensive names that. You only go to maybe once a year. I was going to say Sizzler, <laughs> Golden Corral, um, Texas Roadhouse. Yeah, but they're, they then take those steaks. So if they want a medium rare, medium rare is like 130, 135, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. They'll take a steak that's 120 degrees out of the sous vide, finish seasoning it, and then they'll stick it in a broiler or on a grill that's a thousand fifteen hundred degrees mm-hmm. and sear it off for 30 seconds 45 seconds it finished finished cooking it to the temperature to the they temperature wanted. they want mm-hmm. it and then it also sears it yeah and um searing it is really important and that's why i kind of diss on the pellet grill it's hard to do on a pellet grill get a good sear it's just hard to get it hot enough mm-hmm um, to get a really good sear and you want that sear for a couple of reasons, but the big one is just flavored. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what the name of the sear is? You know, the, like the black crispies that are delicious on a piece of meat. Mm-mm. It's called the Maillard effect. Maillard effect. Mm-hmm. I've or Maillard not heard reaction. That. Okay. Yeah. That's what happens when you get those like carbon crystallies on it that are just delicious mm. so i like it i uh i learned that from meathead <clears throat> oh my yard who's my yard and how does he get you know his name on something so delicious i don't know why i brought that up when i knew you'd ask me something like that <laughs> my bad um, my bad i don't know some scientist guy that burnt his meat and i was like hey that tastes good name it after me and was like I spent forty dollars on this <laughs> this here steak. I'm not letting a little black stuff. Ooh, that's kind of good. I love it. Um, but yeah, it, you you want that sear and that crust because it's flavor. Yeah. Um. So and it's just really hard. So, um. To Alex's question, how would you do this start to finish on a pellet grill? Mm-hmm. 
similar to the sous vide. Like I would, I'd season my steak up. I would put a, my meter thermometer in it. I'd put it out on the, on the pellet grill. Mm -hmm. I'd run my pellet grill (coughs) probably at like 180 or 225, depending on how much time I had. Mm -hmm. And I'd bring it up to 120. Slowly. Yep. Um, And I've done it a, a bunch inch and a half to two inch ribeye um that's probably gonna take you if you do it at 180 it's probably gonna take you like an hour and a half Mm. 225 it's probably gonna be closer to two hours or to an hour Mm -hmm. i'm gonna pull that off and i'm gonna drop it into a pan that's sitting on top of a charcoal chimney. Yeah, that's crazy hot. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm going to put some butter in that pan just so there's a little bit of fat, a little bit of lubrication. Um, and I'm going to just sear the crap out of all the sides on that for you know anywhere from 45 seconds to a minute on each side. Mm-hmm. Check my temperature if it needs to come up a little more. Um, I'm going to pull it when it hits about 130 and then I'm going to set it on a cutting board and cover it with a piece of foil and let it rest for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. It's going to finish cooking. It's going to finish off at about 135 and then I'm going to slice that thing and just deal with the pain that my mouth has when it waters that hard. Mm -hmm. So that, uh, Alex, that's how I would do it. And that's called the reverse sear, right? That is a reverse sear. Um, And the pan on the charcoal chimney. Obviously, if you're doing a pan like that, make sure it's a cast iron pan, something that can really handle the heat. Mm -hmm. Um, That's called the afterburner method. Mm. I love it. So, Um, I have seen people do it on, like, seared off on uh, on a pellet grill. However, they ended up, like, taking it off, letting it rest, and then cranking the pellet grill up high and using grill grates on the pellet grill. Yeah. So those kind of kind of concentrate the heat a little bit. That's the only way I've ever seen somebody finish it in there. I haven't tried it because I like putting a little butter in my cast iron pan and finishing it that way. Yeah. But so I've seen grill grates, um, Green Mountain Grills, and Camp Chef um, both have a function where you can essentially pull the the heat diverter Mm -hmm. out of the way and get like just a straight flame up to the, up to the, up to the cooking area Uh on the pellet smoker that I'm sure would work. How much, I mean, are we talking like we disassemble, get everything ready or is it like a button you push? It's on like on the side, there's a knob and you pull it. Oh, okay. Well, Um, that's not too bad then. Yeah. And Different gears and versions have different things. Um, mm-hmm. Like Green Mountain Grills, they have like a dual layer heat plate, mm-hmm. and you pull it to the side, and like there's just some holes that let the heat come straight through. Okay. Camp Chef, I think you can pull the heat diverter all the way out, so like it is a straight flame up. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never used it before. Um, I just don't know how well it would work. Yeah. If I'm being honest. And I also think it would make a huge mess in the bottom of my grill. That's what I'm thinking. Like, yeah, we've talked about what happens if I, if my pellet grill gets too hot and I haven't 
cleaned it out or whatever. I would imagine this would be an issue, but maybe yeah. not. Maybe they've got some way around it. I just, I don't know. Yeah. And you don't have, like, you can do, if you've got a gas grill, if you've got a Blackstone, you could sear it off on all of those things too. Um, hmm. So just get it almost to temperature, then pull it off and sear it on something else. Yeah. Because I don't think you're going to get your pellet grill effectively hot enough long enough. Yeah. I mean, and I'd be happy to be proven wrong there, but I don't think, I think it'd be hard. I know Tra- yeah. like Traeger has come out and been like their new, when they came out with the D2 controller, they're like, you know, you can do all of these things. You can cook burgers. You can do this. It'll go to 500 degrees and it will go to 500 degrees. Hmm. It's not meant to. Yeah. Like it's different tools for different jobs. Yeah. That's a good, so that's I, a good way of saying it. Like, can I use a sledgehammer to, you know, put a nail into a wall? I can, mm-hmm. but that's not really what it's intended to do. And it, it's kind of hard and clunky and I'm probably going to smash the crap out of my finger. Yeah. It's like a DVD VCR that has a grilled cheese maker on the side. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. These things just come to me. Patent pending. It's like trying to watch a laser disc <laughs> on a VHS player. Ew. Um, and now that we've alienated any of the young kids that watch this. Well, you know, they need to be put in their place. <laughs> I uh, ran into one of our mutual friends mm-hmm. with their kid at, uh, at Macy's the other night. And he, like, like, he knows who I am. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not a stranger or anything. But he goes, you're the guy from the podcast. <laughs> Oh, I've had a couple students be like, um, my dad listens to your podcast and I'm like, yeah, honored, but I'm just like, Oh, that's nice. Let's get back to math. But dude, you need to take some stickers to school. You need to take some stickers to school. I should. That's true. I still have some. I should. If you don't, I do. I should. And I want to order new ones, but Haley won't let me tell we get rid of the old ones. (laughs) That's probably smart. What would we do without our wives? (laughs) Um, I'd have some really cool toys. <laughs> John, are you a marinator? Um, I have been. Mm-hmm. I uh, I am more about the dry rub than a wet. That's where I'm at now. It took me a while to get there. It was a journey. Like I used to marinate everything. Just throw. I yeah. mean, and you can do all kinds of fun stuff with a with marinade. The w sauce. Yeah, do all kinds of, and it's it's great. It tastes great. Um, but I would use the same marinade as just a homemade marinade I came up with. I'd use the same thing for steak and chicken. And I was realizing how similar they taste. I was like, I don't know if you should do that. And I had a steak once that I didn't marinate and I was like, the beef is the star. Like, yeah. And I feel like the marinade while delicious is totally covering up how good this beef is. Yeah. I think it depends on what you're like, what you're trying to make. Yeah. Like teriyaki beef. Sure marinate the crap out of that thing like you want to taste the teriyaki that's why you're there yeah i personally marinate the crap out of like deer steaks elk steaks because i don't love the taste of wild game well, but yeah. if it's marinated and especially the deer really good the deer around here are so gamey yeah yeah antelope is i i really struggled with my antelope did you i'll have to ask you about that because <sighs> i haven't had that before it was super super gamey yeah. i mean all they do is eat sagebrush all right day, so seeing that's kind of how my deer tasted as well so so um, i support the marinade but yeah man worcestershire sauce and italian dressing mm-hmm. 
um, a little bit of oil and Sprite, man. I was on a balsamic vinegar kick for a while, and I kind of liked that. I like that. Yeah, a nice little tang to it. Yeah. Um, but no, I... Sometimes I'll use a binder. Most of the time I won't. Me too. Um, because if you season it and let it sit for a few minutes, especially if there's some good salt in there, mm-hmm. it'll sweat itself and right. and hold on to it pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tend to use just dry rubs. Yeah. I keep it pretty simple too. I don't get too crazy with the dry rubs. I like just a simple, I mean, I think if you put salt and pepper on there, it'd be delicious. Uh-huh. I usually use a little, a light dusting of like holy cow and mm-hmm. then just some, some salt and pepper, some herbs if I'm feeling it. But yeah, get a little garlic in there, maybe a little chili powder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, have you done much with dry aging or had much dry aged beef? I haven't. It freaks me out, but I've heard really good things. It, uh, it freaks me out a little bit too. Like I'm not sure I'm brave enough to do it at home. Mm-hmm. Like that just seems like a great way to get sick. Yeah, to die. Um, but I've had dry aged steaks at like really nice restaurants and mm-hmm. been like, like I'm paying a hundred bucks for it. Like if I die, like at least I know my family can sue them. Right. Like so. Sure. <laughs> do you notice a difference? Like can you tell? Oh, this yes. has been dry aged. Incredibly yes. Really. Like huh. it's a. We talked a little bit about going from like a ribeye to a fillet and like the concentration of that beef flavor, mm-hmm. like on steroids. Really, hmm. I've never had it. I've seen. I've watched a lot of videos and been like, eh, maybe I should try this, but I don't know. This makes me nervous. Well, it, it's like very much a science, and like I worry about controlling the humidity and right, especially like my kids are in and out of the fridge in right. the garage all the time and. What if it gets left open? I mm-hmm. don't want to have a whole rib roast go yeah, bad. Something ex- that expensive, yeah, for sure. But that's um, man. If somebody's into that, like, reach out to us. I would love to talk more about that. Yeah, and just kind of understand the process, and if you do do it at home, and if it's worth it, for sure. Yeah, it um, it's great, but it's kind of like. It's creepy watching them like pull this like black nasty. Yeah, it just looks moldy and oh. But then they cut it and it looks really good inside. But, yeah, it looks. I mean, it's like ooh. cheese, right? Like yeah, cheese gets moldy and ass and we cook nasty and we cut that off and yeah, then it's fine. But I don't know. Or you know, we take the blue crumbles and put it on a salad and we're like, ooh, yeah, that's blue true. cheese. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about dry aging. And I haven't had one that's dry aged. I've seen some videos, but I don't know. Um, what else were we going to talk about, John? Um, Anything we missed? I'm just I'm look, kind of looking through my notes. So we Steak tartare. You ever had that? Big fan. Really? Mm-hmm. That freaks me out. It's good. No cooking at all. Just thin slices, almost like sushi steak. Um, no, so I think you're thinking of carpaccio. So carpaccio is like really thin, like paper thin slices, and huh. that's delicious too. Still uncooked. Uncooked. Okay. Steak tartare is like more like a really fine dice and chop on it. Oh, it's a it's a little bit of a weird texture. 
Uh-huh. Um, but it's really good. It's mm. like that straight beef flavor. Hmm. Um, but I was going to talk a little bit about beef grades. Okay. Because I think that's a good thing for people to understand and know. Um, you go to the grocery store and there's all these different stickers and things all over it. Yeah. The only thing that really truly matters is the USDA grading. And there is choice, select, and prime. And let me make sure I said those in the right order. I Uh, think so. I did not. Oh, select is first, isn't it? Select is the lowest quality. Then choice and prime. Yep. Um, and prime prime typically gets bought up by most of the restaurants, mm-hmm. but it's like the top two percent of beef. Oh, really? In the U.S. Okay. So it's it's nice. It's not hard to miss because it's super expensive. Yeah. Um, we're talking like twenty five dollars a pound on ribeyes, but it's it's really good, and the grading has to do with the fat content yeah marbling and and the marbling in the meat so Mm -hmm. prime is typically the most tender it's got good marbling it's good flavor yeah um things that can get confused with grading are like certified angus beef Mm -hmm. which is angus beef it's a breed of cow yeah Um, different type yeah it's like golden retrievers and labs like Mm mm-hmm they're both dogs, but this one is a, or probably for our uh, German short hair folks. Yeah. The, uh, oh, and now I can't remember what it is. Spencer has one. Poodle pointer? No, there's, there's a specific, like, heritage line of germ, German short hairs. Hmm. Um, he'll text me and tell me, and I'll feel stupid for not yeah. being able to remember. But, like, this one breed, like, they have their own, like, registration group and, like, breed. And, like, oh, it's wow. a very specific line of German short hairs. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hmm. So. So that has nothing to do with the quality of the cut. No. Everything to do with what type of cow it came from. Yep. Yeah. Same thing with uh, Kobe beef. Yeah. And yeah, that's not something you can, you can't buy a steak and turn it into Kobe steak. Like, nope. It's the type of cow. And yep. Same thing with Wagyu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a, and it, Wagyu may not be a breed. I think that's a, like the way that they're raised and like it's a style of raising cattle. Oh. Hmm. So it has to do with what you feed them. Okay. So pay attention to that. If you can, <clears throat> choice is not hard to find. No, right? and it's, it's great. Yeah. Um, and for some things like I prefer I prefer a choice brisket over a prime brisket Hmm. why is that I feel like we've talked about this before but I don't think there's enough intermuscular fat in a prime brisket Hmm. so I think it dries out okay I like it add at me people I'm feeling lonely I've never tried to cook a prime brisket I've done some choice and some select but Never try to prime. Um, yeah. I know. I think we're 
I think we're about. I think we're we've covered all the important things. Um, compound butter. Yeah. You ever use it? Uh, I have. I'm really bad at planning. Me too. That's my problem. Like, I get to the end and I'm like, oh, that would have been good. Like a big meal I can plan the crap out of and like we should talk about Thanksgiving. Maybe we'll do that next week. Oh, yeah. We better. Um, because it's time to start planning and practicing and thinking about Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I can I can do a big meal and like cater an event and think through it. Typically, if I'm cooking for myself, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have steak and I'm going to make a steak and I'm going to spend all my time like making sure my steak's just great. And then I'm going to be like, man, a potato would be really good to go with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, it turns well, out I don't have any side dishes. Let me throw this in a... Uh, let me throw this in the microwave or, yeah. or, oh yeah, compound butter. We should do compound butter while we sear this. All my butters that yeah. is in the fridge. In like, the fridge and it's rock hard and yeah. Yeah. So those are, I I would love to do more with it. I think you can do a lot of things with butter. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the methods we didn't really talk about is like when you pan sear a, yeah. uh, you pan sear a steak, you can melt a bunch of butter in there and put some herbs in there and then baste the steak mm-hmm. with the butter. I've done that before Dude. with tomahawk. It's bomb. That's a great way to like get more flavor on your steak. I've seen people like boil it in butter, mm-hmm. which just seems like so much butter. But I'm sure it's delicious. Yeah, that's a lot of butter. Yeah. So. Hmm. All right. Okay. I think we hit it. Alex. I hope that answers your question. Thanks, Alex. Hit us up if you've got any questions, and uh, we'll talk about your question next time. Indeed. So until next time, I'm John. I'm Mike. And we're Fat Guys with Smokers. Thanks for listening to the Fat Guys with Smokers podcast. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook. Leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe so you don't forget to tune in for even more nonsense from a couple of bad guys with smokers. Don't forget to like, subscribe.